As part of our vision to transform the healthcare experience, Temecula Valley Hospital brings you TVH Doc Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. According to the National Institutes of Health, one in every 20 Americans over the age of 50 has vascular disease, conditions that can raise the risk for heart attack and stroke. My guest today is Dr. Niraj Parekh. He's an interventional cardiologist and a member of the medical staff at Temecula Valley Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Parekh. Tell us about the difference between people hear the words vascular disease, peripheral vascular disease, peripheral artery disease. Explain kind of what those are. So the way I look at it is that I always look at broad definitions and then try to narrow it down. So I think of vascular disease as sort of the umbrella that incorporates everything, endovascular, peripheral, vascular, peripheral arterial. Peripheral vascular, peripheral arterial are very similar. Um, however, nowadays we're, we're treating uh, endovascular, endovenous, uh, as well as, you know, uh, lower extremity arterial. So it's I, the way I look at it is I, I make this umbrella of vascular disease, and that incorporates all entities, so carotid disease, subclavian disease, aorta disease, lower extremity arterial disease, as well as lower extremity venous disease, which is up-and-coming um, treatments now for, for patients as well with endovascular endovenous ablation. So I, I, that's how I generalize. I don't I, I mean, it, it is a sort of um, common thing to for patients and for physicians even to say peripheral arterial disease or peripheral vascular disease, but it's very, to me, that's very limited only to the lower extremities. And I think that we, as um, healthcare providers, are limiting the screening we offer and the testing we offer to our patients if we only limit it to the lower extremities. So, doctor, do we know some of the risk factors or causes of some of these vascular diseases? Yeah, there's very similar to heart artery disease, coronary artery disease. Uh, so if you have coronary artery disease, that is considered an equivalent of vascular disease or peripheral arterial disease, if you want to be more specific for now. Um, same as if you have peripheral arterial disease, it's an equivalent to coronary artery. So they're one-to-one -one as far as risk factors. Uh, other risk factors are diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, family history, weight, obesity, especially that we're learning, seeing more and more uh, patients that we, we try to do BMIs on if they have high BMIs, that's considered an, uh, another risk factor for them. And how would somebody know? Is I mean, you don't typically always check for some of these things in an annual physical. Are there some symptoms that would send somebody to see an interventional cardiologist such as yourself? Yes, the symptoms range from uh, lifestyle limiting uh, symptoms like claudication or pain in the lower extremities, pain in the feet, pain in the calves, pain in the hip or thighs with activity, uh, that would mean that there's a blockage somewhere in the aorta or the lower extremities limiting flow to them when the, the patient is walking, say, you know, a mile or half a mile. They, they will tell us that after I start to walk a little bit, I'm okay, but when I start to walk that half a mile or a mile, I start to have cramps in my thighs and my calves. That's a sign of a blockage in the artery. If you do diagnose somebody with it, tell us about some of the diagnostic tests. How do you know that that's what they have? So what we do is we have non-invasive vascular studies. It's, it's, it's called non-invasive vascular studies or vascular uh, medicine as far as compared to interventional vascular uh, therapies. And that incorporates uh, arterial ultrasounds and Doppler. So what we do is we measure uh, flow with the Doppler from the, upper, from the uh, hip down to the feet. And we see if the flow is diminished at any level, you know, in the hip, the, the thighs, the knees, or in the feet. 
and we are able to localize the area of blockage based on that. We also have ultrasounds. We could look at the actual arteries themselves to see if there is any narrowing in any specific area from the top to the bottom. The last one is very simple one that everyone that, that has diabetes, whether they have symptoms or not, should be screened for, and it's called an ankle brachial index. This is a, a measurement that basically we do a blood pressure cuff in the arm and a blood pressure cuff in the leg, and we compare. They should be very similar uh, pressures in the in the ankles and in the in the, in the brachial and the upper arm. If it's lower in the uh, in the legs, that means that they also sign of a flow problem. But it's a very simple uh, screening test that I believe any any patients with risk factors such as heart disease, artery disease, coronary artery disease, or diabetes uh, should have done either in their family family physician's office or their cardiologist's office. So if you do diagnose somebody with a vascular disease, what's the first line of defense? How do you treat it? So if we know that they do have, uh, it, it depends on their level of the disease and the severity of it. If there is borderline um, blockages that we uh can manage medically, we try that first, meaning we try to put them on, we aggressively control their diabetes, their blood pressure, their, their lipid profile, their cholesterol, um, have them walk. Ambulating um, is the, the, the biggest uh, data that show that that helps the patients the most overcome uh, these blockages by developing extra channels, improving the flow, and even reducing the percentage of blockages that there is already existing. So we always try lifestyle modification and risk factor modification first prior to doing interventional treatment if there's borderline. If there is critical blockage, meaning 99% blockage in the hip or the thigh artery, then we do try to go in there and invasively, interventionally, and do angioplasty and stenting to open it up to get flow because that we know would not improve just by controlling their cholesterol or having them walk. Now, this is for symptoms patients. Patients that have uh, actual ulcers in their feet, meaning, you know, gangrene, dry gangrene, non-healing wounds, they're diabetic, we, they have vascular disease or arterial blockages, those don't get better until we open up the blockages and revascularize them because then they won't heal. And one of the things that sometimes is a limiting factor, and you mentioned exercise, moving, is that moving can cause that claudication. What do you tell people when they say, well, I'm trying to exercise, I get on the treadmill, but it hurts my legs when I do that? Well, we do try to encourage them to try to push through that. We try to tell them go to the, the time that it, up to the time where it causes their symptoms, but do it more often. So increasing their frequency and then slowly increasing the duration, which helps to try to overcome that effect. There are certain medications uh, for the lower extremities, uh, like pletal and things that that can help, you know, improve the flow without doing angioplasty and stenting, that will help them get overcome this limitation when walking. And once they do that, we can back off on the medication in the future. So, give your best advice for people to live with peripheral arterial disease, peripheral vascular disease, this whole combination of vascular diseases. What do you want them to know about? getting a healthy lifestyle and living with and managing the symptoms of these vascular diseases? I think uh, I mean, the, the first advice would be to make sure that you get all the screening, to make sure that you don't have, you know, you, you, you follow up with every family physician, make sure that you don't have, you're getting checked for diabetes, make sure your lipid profile is being checked routinely, um, make sure you're, you're, you're adhering to the recommendations uh, to keep your body mass index where it should be, meaning um, not have any a, a problem of obesity, as well as, you know, watching how much you eat ins and outs. You know, I think that a lot of different dietary plans out there, but my belief is that if you 
can balance the calories that you bring in and the calories that you can take that you burn off, that's the best way to try to maintain a weight or lose weight. So I think those are the first things that kind of make me aware. Do you even do you have diabetes? Do you don't have, do you not have diabetes? Because with with vascular disease, similar to cardiac disease, diabetics are high risk patients for developing it, and at the same time they can get silent you know issues. So they could get silent ischemia in the heart. Patients would kind of have silent heart attacks. They can have silent you know, they get a cut in their foot, oh, they think they'll be fine. They may not even have nerves there because the diabetes has, has lost the nerve endings there. And they may not feel that they have a problem there. And then the next thing you know, it's, a, it's an ulcer or a wound or gangrene. And they have to have their foot amputated. So I think screening and testing by a family, by a family physician for all these is the first initiative. And then subsequently, if they do have that diagnosis, to be very aggressive in controlling those risk factors. And why should they come to Temecula Valley Hospital for their care? Well, I think that we're considered sort of a cardiovascular center now in this area. We have very advanced imaging modalities to be able to diagnose and treat. We have a very good non-invasive vascular lab with our radiologists to help us figure out if there is, you know, arterial disease or vascular disease, as I mentioned earlier. And if they do have that, we have, you know, an angio suite where we could, we're able to do interventional procedures to help alleviate their symptoms and their ulcers if they needed it. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to TVH Doc Talk with Temecula Valley Hospital. For more information, you can go to TemeculaValleyHospital.com. That's TemeculaValleyHospital.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Temecula Valley Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.